Hey guys, Wes and Grant here. And you know what we're here to talk to you about today? Grant, what are we here to talk to the people about? Something. Something. And that something is Dancing with the Knoxville Stars, which is Saturday, April 14th at the Knoxville Convention Center. And what is this? If you've missed the first few of these, shame on you. However, this is basically our local version of Dancing with the Stars. This has happened since 2007. It's already raised $735,000 for East Tennessee Children's Hospital and all the wonderful work that they do there. They want to get over the $1 million mark this season. And we've gotten off to a good start so far, guys, but we need you to keep donating, please. Please, this is for the right cause. And which, well, how can you donate? $75 for a ticket to the show or $400 for a table of four. And you're saying, how is that a deal? That's just 75 times four. You also get complimentary champagne. And dinner is included with everything. So you can get dinner at 6 p.m. Show starts at 7 p.m. And we'll be dan- I'll be dancing with the lovely Rachel Enriquez. Uh, she and I have been practicing a few times a week. She is very, very good at this. I am very not good at this, but we are trying to have fun with it. And you can go to etch.com slash DWTKS. Again, that's etch.com slash DWTKS. You can click on my lovely face there and you can donate for me. Or if you want to see me lose in humiliating fashion, you can donate to any of the other contestants. Who are the other contestants? We got a bunch of them, guys. Leslie Ackerson from WBIR, Tyrone from Star 102.1, Heather Haley from WVLT, Laura Helm from WATE, former professional cheerleader Lisa Henderson, local PR professional and former sports reporter Sarah Mitchell, Dr. Amit Patel from East Tennessee Children's Hospital, and also the lovely Sylvia Peters, who's an art patron and local philanthropist here. You can go there, guys, etch.com slash DWTKS, etch.com slash DWTKS. Grant, what's that website? Something.com. Something.com, etch.com slash DWTKS. One more time, etch.com slash DWTKS. There was a time and place that this university was feared. My goal as the head football coach at the University of Tennessee it is to get us back to that point. All right? You can do it! That's it. I've had it with this dump! We've got no food, we got no jobs, our pets' heads are falling off! What is that? That's what she said. Punched up in the end zone, it's tipped up. Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, embarrassing emails time? Only at Tennessee does this happen time. We were going to talk about basketball today, and now we don't get to talk about basketball time. Whatever time of day it is, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker, Grant Ramey, coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio on a sunny but chilly afternoon here in Knoxville. Spring has allegedly sprung, but it's still a little bit chilly for my liking. I know Grant has to go mow the yard as soon as we get done if it doesn't, doing this. If though. it doesn't snow. <laughs> and, and by that, he, he means he's going to mow my yard and then his yard. Really need to mow the yard. I just hope the snow holds up. I went ahead and the, there's plenty of there's plenty of gas in the mower here if you need to. Happy March 20 whatever today is. What is today? I don't even know. Something. It's after St. Patrick's Day and before April Fool's Day. 
Somewhere in there. My days have been held hostage by every text and every email ever sent from John Curry. Yeah, this was, you know, this was originally going to be a season review basketball podcast. Because Grant and I had, it had been a long, long couple months for basketball season. Not complaining, it was just a, a lot of travel like it always is. And we were going to do something down there in Dallas, didn't quite work out. And then when we got back, I think we just wanted to do nothing for a little bit less for a couple days. So we were going to get together today now that we had some time for some perspective to really kind of break down what was uh, a really exciting, really interesting, really unexpected Tennessee basketball season, of course, and then uh, ended in such disappointing fashion and with an in, without an injury to Kyle Alexander, Tennessee might be playing for a Final Four berth tomorrow against uh, Kansas State. So uh, one of those deals, it, it's a tough break, guys. It is what it is, and we will have plenty of time to talk about that. Hopefully we can maybe even get some offseason interviews and such lined up. We'll see. We're still working on all that. But the point is uh, we were going to spend this podcast talking about basketball. And then, lo and behold um, – and we were getting ready to watch basketball on Thursday night, too, all of us were. I know that uh, Grant had gotten to to sit out from the football pod this week, and so he was at home after practice yesterday, and the rest of the guys, Ryan and, and Pat, were here, and we were we had just gotten done recording our weekly Friday football podcast, which aired this morning, Friday morning. And then, lo and behold, like 40, 45 minutes later, uh, we get an email that uh, – says something very innocuous like John Curry information request reply or something like that. And we sent several months ago, I guess four months ago, during Tennessee's coaching search fiasco that turned into an athletic director search fiasco, we sent in requests for documents, which is what we normally do. Uh, That's part of the job. You you use the wonderful Freedom of Information uh, Act while we still have freedom of the press in this great country. And we decided to send in those requests to see if there was any official correspondence uh, through email, through text messages, whatever we could get. And it took some time, but whoo boy, did we get some information. Uh, So much for watching basketball last night, Grant. And where do you even start? I mean, there's so much, there's so many things in there that need to be addressed, but it's just a tidal wave of information that it's overwhelming. I don't know if any of y'all saw the movie The Post uh, with Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep. It was re- came out past year. Really good movie about the Pentagon Papers. And there was a scene in that movie where um, the character goes out for the first time and, you know, meets in person with Daniel Ellsberg at a hotel room. And he walks into a hotel room and it's just like floor to ceiling all the way just stacked with papers. And the character basically says, like, oh, my God, this is so much information. The guy said, yeah, this is only part of it. That's on a much less important version, because obviously this is not the Pentagon Papers, but I started calling this the Penavall Papers because it was an absolute torrent of information. I mean, we're talking, no joke, thousands of pages that we tried to parcel through. It took us a couple hours really to with four of us to, to in, in our text thread that we always have going, the iMessage thread, to figure out what in the hell we were looking at because there was so much information that it's like trying to make an annotated version of that 
you almost have to get over the shock of it for a few minutes before you figure out what to do with it because it's not like that. I mean, we're used to reading, you know, 100 pages or so at a time of documents, contracts. Most of us can kind of, you know, whittle through that pretty quickly. But this was just so much information that it, it took us a while um, to kind of figure out, one, what we were looking at, two, oh, my God, is this really what we're looking at, three, oh, my God, we got to figure out what to do to write about this. It was something. It's like taking a sip out of a, a fire hose, right? Is that the saying? Yeah, that's the old Butch Jones saying. It was a it was, life it was comes at you pretty yeah, fast. Our our uh, our feet were tied up by our minds, or our minds were tied up by our feet, or whichever way it goes. I mean, I don't even know where to start. I mean, you start with Dan Mullen three days before the Egg Bowl, I guess, already in John Curry's you know trading direct messages, I guess, on Twitter. Mullen was already interested at that point. Yep. I mean, they were already planning a meeting. Uh, and they, I mean, and then by Sunday, uh, a few days later, he's hired at Florida the same day that he'd been talking to Tennessee, uh, going into the weekend. I mean, there's just so many, and then they shift to Shiano and everything that happened, uh, that infamous Sunday. And, uh, I mean, every text message he received on that one phone was delivered to everyone, was published. Yeah. The only way for us to sort of divvy this up into something we can, we can try to outline here and discuss on the podcast. We, again, y'all know what sound this is. That's my handwriting on a legal pad telling us what we may or may not talk about on this. And we had a couple rules. One, we wanted to make sure that the stuff we're talking about on this podcast is stuff that we've uh, already written about on the site. We don't want to be breaking uh, too much news here on the pod. We want to be breaking that news on our website for our paying subscribers and all those people first. And then we bring it here to the podcast uh, so, again, if there's any new information in this, it, it shouldn't be much. This is a lot of stuff we've written before, but obviously we can ex- extrapolate on it a little bit more and have some, uh, try to have some some fun with this because what else are you going to do? I mean, you can either look at this and laugh or you can cry. You know, those are the two ways you can deal with it, and uh, I, I, ch- I generally choose laughter. But we've written this down, a couple things that we're going to talk about here. Um, the, the direct messages, obviously, that we wrote about the correspondence that Curry had in the days uh, before his firing or, or the, the day he was, he was placed on suspension with leave, I guess I should say, because remember Tennessee had two athletic directors there for four months. Uh, the emails and texts between John Curry, UT Knoxville Chancellor Beverly Davenport, President Joe uh, DiPietro, and uh, some of the Board of Trustees members, all of that. We wanted to make sure we, we mentioned that. Uh, Philip Fulmer subtly suggesting, or less than subtly suggesting, through his BFF Thunder Thornton, <coughs> excuse me, that he wanted to come back and coach, or that he, he would come back and coach. Uh, Dobbs, Joshua Dobbs, Space Dobbs himself, getting caught up in the groomers, which who saw that coming? Uh, dude, you were on Gruden's QB camp. Can't you just text Gruden? You know, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Direct line of contact. Just kidding. If you're listening, Josh, we're, we're just kidding me, buddy. Uh, other coaches interested in the Tennessee job. Uh, there were some new names that came out through that, some ones that we knew, uh, but also some ones that we hadn't mentioned much that were – that at least had interest from their end in taking the Tennessee job. Uh, we'll, we'll mention a little bit of the fan reaction to John Curry because some of the emails that he got um, were – some of them were psychotic. Some of them were a little crude, even for our taste. Uh, but some of them were just really funny. And we appreciate that. We always condone, support, encourage – humor. We, f- we find it's the best way to get through life, so we'll mention some of that. <clears throat> we'll also mention uh, John Curry ghosting Dave Doran's agent late in the process. That was an interesting little subplot there. You don't see 
that very often. And there were <laughs> there were a couple of other things in there too. Obviously, there were things with uh, players, things with coaches, uh, some Waffle House, lots of Waffle House mentions in there for sure. Um, and, and maybe some some emails about guys saying, hey, wait, I think this was a prank. So that's just a bit of a taste of it. I know there's a couple other things that we haven't mentioned yet that that we probably will <clears throat> when we go over all this stuff. Again, excuse me about my voice today. <clears throat> this just gets me so emotional. <laughs> Not really. I've, I've got a bug in my throat. But, yeah, it, it's – Grant, where – I guess we've we've kind of already let people know that we had to go through the process last night of figuring out what we were looking at. And then from there, we basically tried to decide, okay, this is going to be a bunch of stuff. What's the most newsworthy and what has to get out now? And we also made a decision, which we're standing by at this point. Uh, and I know people have been posting it on our board because somehow, uh, unfortunately, some of that, something in that Dropbox link got put out publicly uh, or it's become available so either it's very some, public. Yeah, someone in the media told some buddies or, or sent it forwarded it to the wrong person, sent them the link. However it happened, the, the bottom line is there are some some names and numbers in there that we don't really want to be published, not because um, you know we're protecting anyone just because th- these are these are some coaches and stuff and their 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 private numbers are on there and uh, I don't really want to be a part of putting that stuff out there publicly. I'm not WikiLeaks, you know. There's, I, I draw a line in the sand on something, so that's why if you've had those posts deleted on our board, we've tried to send y'all messages to let you know. But that's why we're doing that because at the end of the day, uh, we are human beings here, and and we're trying to to be as polite as we can about this. But what we decided, Grant, was the first thing you had to fall on the biggest grenade. Because I know I was doing a photo gallery at the time from football practice, and so you had to be the one to fall on the worst grenade, which was trying to put into context all of the crazy emails about the time John Curry, the Shiano stuff fell apart, which was a later story. Um, and you're wondering why we didn't do that first, because John Curry taking a trip to the West Coast that Tennessee didn't know about, talking to a coach they didn't know he was talking to, and then them having to call him back from the road, from Los Angeles, to come back to Knoxville to meet with them and then so they could suspend him with pay, we had to kind of filter all through that. And by we, I mean you. Uh, I think I helped transcribe one part of it, but that was that was you doing that. And Grant, you're the best person to talk about this. Kind of what what's the best we can make of that whole crazy situation? It was very uh... – I don't know the word, unprecedented. I mean, he went basically MIA for six hours. They could not contact him for six hours. For six hours. On that Thursday, November 30th, he gets suspended the next morning after they did finally get in contact with him and tell him to get back to Knoxville and and be in the chancellor's office at 9 a.m. the next day. Uh, He ended up sending an email saying uh, it was broken uh, a Wi-Fi outage on a Delta flight because he, he supposedly, he claims he went straight from Raleigh-Durham where he was talking to Dave Doran, North Carolina State's head coach, to Los Angeles where he was meeting Mike Leach who was recruiting at the time in Los Angeles. And basically he sat down with Leach uh, without, this was, I mean, this is this is, this is is Thursday after everything Shiano happened Sunday. Yeah. Gundy was Monday. Uh, Doran... Jeff Brom, all those other names you hear throughout the week. It finally gets to Thursday, 
and he doesn't basically doesn't have permission from any of his bosses to talk about the job, to offer the job, to talk about terms of the job, uh, to come to any kind of agreement. And that's all happening while he has his best interview, and it's with Mike Leach, one of the better candidates. Uh, and he basically turns his phone off. He he blames it on broken Wi-Fi, and 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 that's that. And he 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 was trying to email that that Philip Fulmer could talk on the phone. Uh, with others uh, in the administration about Dave Doran, if Doran accepted the job and go from there, and he could speak in his place. But but Curry's MIA in L.A. Uh, MIA in L.A. The John Curry story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's he's talking to Leach, and they had basically become they come to a an agreement, uh, a verbal agreement at least. There was a there was a good faith uh, deal in place to to make Mike Leach the next head coach, and eventually. Curry's emailing or texting that back to the, his his bosses, his, the Tennessee administrators, saying, "We've basically got a deal in place here. If if everybody's good, and they're saying get back to Knoxville, you don't have permission to say any of this, to to do any of this." And he says, uh, "What should I tell Leach?" And and Beverly Davenport just replies, "Tell him you can't talk about any of this stuff you're talking about." Yeah. And eventually, it, it gets down to Matthew Scoggins, Tennessee's gen- uh, university's general counsel, having to reach out to Leach's agent. And saying it's nothing on your end; it's everything on our end. We're going to stop, regroup, uh, kind of refocus the coaching search, and uh, basically get a breath and, and start over. And, and O'Hagan replies, making his uh, making his kind of pitch for Mike Leach and, and why you should want him as your head football coach. And, and that was kind of that. But um, I mean, to go from six hours. Uh, you can't be contacted when a coaching search is falling apart. That coaching that, search was not in a good place on that Thursday. That's 75% of a normal human being's work day. Now, not in this business because th- these people that we cover, you know, we, we certainly don't work eight-hour days, but but they work even more hours than we do in a lot of cases. They're, 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 they're putting in a lot of 12-plus-hour work days, so it, it's not quite the same. But that's 75% of a normal human being's work day. During a coaching search, the most important – Hire that just about any AD or university president will make, period, financially, one of the most important decisions they'll make for six hours. And six that was hours. that was seven or eight days after Curry was in the Bahamas for the Battle for Atlantis uh, texting Chancellor Davenport saying, uh, just trust me on this, we will deliver. And, uh, and then when they lost to Vanderbilt, he texted her saying, uh, I'm sorry, our program's so bad, football program's so bad, we'll fix this. Uh, and and Beverly replied saying, you know, only only one way to go up from here, and all this stuff, and 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 that's another thing. By by twelve thirty that night, after the Vanderbilt loss, that was what a s- afternoon game, late afternoon game. Yeah, it seemed like a four o'clock game. So we're talking four or five hours after that game's over. Curry's texting Davenport saying he's at a Waffle House uh, and he has a deal in place, uh, and he needs to talk to the chancellor and the president to get everything. Uh, Signed off on most I important guess. business is done at a Waffle House, and this is this has to be basically has to be Shiano because uh, at this point he had kind of cut off conversations with Mullen that that had kind of lost traction because obviously Dan Mullen was hired by Florida later that day, uh, and then he goes to I guess he goes to Columbus and all day he's chasing Chancellor Davenport saying you have any you have any update from uh, DiPietro you have any update any word. Uh, it, it gets to the point where he said, uh, where Beverly Davenport says, DiPietro's at Mass. He'll get back in an hour. And Curry responds, well, Shiano's a, a devout Catholic, so that's good to hear. 
that's how far down the road they were. We Catholics know each other. We can smell each other a mile away. They were, I mean, they were ready to sign stuff. I guess they, they did sign stuff in Columbus to, to make him the next head coach. And then it all falls apart from there to the point where the board of trustees are, are emailing each other, talking about a bad odor on that Sunday. And uh, DiPietro is calling it a bad day for the university. And uh, it's a mess. Uh, it, it's It's every bit the mess you thought it was when you were watching it unfold, but now you're just reading about it in black and white. Yeah, and, and there's some of this stuff, again, to give you all a little bit of insight, when we're covering a coaching search, we're talking usually off the record to some of these people. It depends on which person wants to talk what day or if anybody wants to talk at all that day. And so we're getting bits of this story in, in real time. But you're trying to put it together. You're trying to confirm everything with another source. You're trying to make sure the timeline all adds up. But at the time, in my head, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I just kind of kept thinking, this sounds bad. I hope it's not actually as bad as it sounds. Just for their sake, I hope it's not as bad as it sounds because it was just a mess. Uh, but no, I mean, we look at these communications and we see, no, it absolutely is every bit the mess that we thought it was, if not more of a mess. And, and that is, uh, if you're a Tennessee fan, I guess um, on one hand that's really disappointing, but on another hand that's probably you're probably feeling pretty good because a lot of the people who are responsible for this are are, are not there anymore. So things uh, have gotten uh, at least probably better because they could not get much worse than this. And I got to say, I, I appreciate how difficult of a position John Curry was in during this entire thing, and I think it's easy to to lose the human element and all that. I mean, at the end of the day, this is still just a guy making a decision. And it comes down to a lot of factors. There's a lot of people, a lot of cooks in that kitchen. But ultimately, this comes down to one guy making a decision. But just the way that it looks so disorganized at times, that's what surprised me because everything I'd ever known about John Curry and everything that I'd ever been told was that you're going to like him or you're not going to like him and he's going to like you or not like you but you are going to see a guy who knows what he wants and will go out and do it. And I think at the beginning of this search, I think Curry felt like things were organized. And the best I can tell putting this whole thing together is that he wanted Mullen first, I think. I think. And then when he found out that Mullen was going to Florida, he went, oh bleep. He went into scramble mode. And he's like, okay, I know I've had, I've already had conversations with Shiano. He was my safety candidate. I'm going to go with Shiano now. And he thought because he put in all the legwork and that Tennessee had done the vetting that they said they had done of him, uh, he knew that there would be some backlash, but he was floored clearly at the amount of backlash. I mean, in, in one, he, he called Tennessee fans wacko. Actually, let, let me let me rephrase that. He said our people are wacko. Now, that could mean fans. That could mean athletic department employees. That could mean media. We don't know exactly what he meant by our people are wacko. That I don't want to speak for him and assume. But you can't put it in writing yes. where it can be taken out of context. Wacko can be a good thing. Wacko fan bases fill stadiums. And yes. wacko fan bases make noise and travel and... Uh, all that stuff, but when you put it in writing, when you're that guy in that position making that salary and you call those people wacko, you just can't. I mean, and, and it, it, it is one guy and it is one decision, but he made it too much about one guy and one decision. The, the, these 
instances or why search firms are used. You need to cover your bases. I mean, there was uh, there's an email from one of the board of trustee guys uh, on November 27th, which is the Monday, the following day, saying, you know, it's troubling that such a high profile job was not, you know, was not there wasn't a search firm used for such a high profile job for a new AD stepping into a uh, this kind of position and and having to make this kind of decision. Uh, quote, the UT football coach is a statewide position that is watched in the politics. So this is so sensitive. Should be something that folks uh, who have been around the state for years and know some politics should be involved. And he says, yes. we have a, we have a uh, what was it, a, a athletic committee members and they're not involved. What's the point of having that committee if they're not going to be involved? Uh, he just made it too much of a one-person, one-decision thing when he should have been seeking uh, this council. Yeah, it, it almost reminds me of when when Florida went into one of its r- somewhat recent football searches. Jeremy Foley didn't even have any. He just called Will Muschamp and said, there's my guy. And that obviously did not work out well for Florida. Uh, and not that any search firm would have uncovered anything with Muschamp. That's not what I'm trying to say. But you can be self-assured, and that's a good thing you need it in this business, but you can be self-assured to a fault. And the fact that, that John Curry did not anticipate just I, – I can appreciate that he would not expect it to be quite as bad as it was. Um, and I think he probably thought that Tennessee fans would huff and puff a little bit, but that eventually they would fall in line and, you know, it would be it would be all right. They would withstand it. I don't think anybody thought it would get to the level it got to. But – to not even see that it was a possibility that things would get ugly, uh, to me, is is very troubling. And why are we rehashing this now? Because, well, we just got this information. So this is not something that we're just trying to dredge up here. This was brought to our attention late last night, and we have been you know, covering our bases to report on all this since. But this is details on how a publicly funded yes. uh, athletic department is using the funds from... Yes. You guys, the people paying these salaries. And you know what? Have none of these people ever watched The Wire? I haven't, so I can't. Okay. I can't cast that stone. Uh, If we've learned anything in this modern age, it might be illegal, but guys, get a burner phone and use a burner phone. My goodness gracious. Putting this on your university-issued cell phone is just asking for trouble putting things in writing in a text message asking for trouble do your business in spoken word either in person or on the phone even donnie tindall had a burner yes and he wasn't the world's best cheater yes he even tried to delete emails yes and you knew if you couldn't get him on one you could get him on the other one one of them would be on you know that that, that's every coach should have this every administrator should have this and to not think, and again, I'll give Tennessee some credit on this. I don't think Tennessee had to be quite as transparent as it was on this. Now, I'm sure they withheld some things. I'm sure they did. But they turned over what looks like a huge chunk of this, and they did not redact a ton. And there were some things in there that were really, really interesting. You don't see this level of transparency at a lot of places. And I do want to give Tennessee credit for this because Tennessee was opening itself up to a lot of criticism by doing this. But I also think, 
and and I might be wrong. I don't want to I don't want to speak for for the University of Tennessee here because I I don't work for them and that that's not my job. But doesn't don't you get the feeling that they were so transparent in this just to sort of publicly validate the decision that they ultimately made? Did, don't you get the little bit of the whiff of that? Yeah, and legally they have to uh, they have to release a lot of this information if it's requested unless they can provide uh, lawful reasons not to. Uh, as painful as it is, I'm sure, for them to have to release all this stuff, I'm sure they don't want to uh, discredit John Curry any more than they, all this mess has already done. So I'm, I'm sure they're ready to move on just like everybody else is. Uh, but if, if it's requested and you can't lawfully decline it, you got to provide it. And, and with, with a position that big and a coaching search that went that poorly uh, and the number of media outlets there are in this town, it's all going to get requested and it's all got to get if you can't find a reason not to, uh, a reason that fits within the law not to, it's got to be released. And it was all released, and they all put it in one place on one link, and they sent it to everybody. And uh, it was, I mean, it's a, it's a tidal wave, and you're sitting there on the shore trying to, trying to prepare for it. Yeah, here's, and again, every time we look over this, I mean, I think for several more days, just with us and our staff, there's going to be times where we're looking over this, and then we text everybody, oh, wait, did you guys see this? Did y'all see this? I don't know if we'd seen this yet. And one thing that I did see that made me feel a a little bit less sorry for some of the people involved in this was that one of the text messages was one that John Curry sent to every single one of his head coaches and some of his assistants that was a link to a story warning them about putting any correspondence with media in writing. That was specifically... What it said. And it was like in caps, too. Like in Brady Hope caps. It it was saying, guys, these are the dangers of talking in written correspondence with media. And Basically said, share with your assistant coaches and your GAs as a lesson. Yes. And what do... In that very same thread, just within a few pages, you see where Curry has been corresponding with at least one member of the national media basically asking him for help with PR. After he tells his coaches, guys, be careful. Don't put this correspondence in writing. And then he does the exact same thing, which to me makes me wonder if stress maybe caused part of this from him. Because it had to be a stressful time. I mean, the guy looked like hell during this. Who wouldn't? I mean, you're not sleeping much. You're flying across the country. In one of these messages, he's, he's asking, you know, hey, um, can this meeting tomorrow be casual? Because if not, I need to go buy some new clothes. Because he's just on the road. And Dave Dorn's agent saying he doesn't care if you're wrinkled. Yeah, Dave Dorn don't care. Because he was that excited about the Tennessee job. Yes, and, and that's another fascinating part. That's a Grant, I don't know if you meant to do that segue, but that's a heck of a segue. That uh, it looked like, for all intents and purposes, Dorn was – basically saying, I want the job, I want the job, I want the job, I want the job. And then Dave Dorn's agent texted that to Curry. Hey, we really want to hear from you. Hey, and Curry just started ghosting him. He just stopped responding to him. And then a couple of days later, he's like, hey, John, still haven't heard back from you. We'd really like to talk to you. We're still interested. At, at one point, um, as Patrick wrote, he basically, Curry basically said, just calm him down a minute. Just calm down. I can't remember the exact quote, but it involved calm down. Yeah. Easy, buddy. Easy, buddy. We're, we're, you know, you're, we like you, you know? And then 
Curry says in an email to somebody else that Dave Doran was all for accepting the job until he saw the negative blowback on social media, which, you know, if you're a head coach in this industry, you have to be aware of what's going on in the social media landscape. But if you're going to be affected seriously by people being mean to you on social media, bro, you need to go coach D2 football. You need to go coach Juco football. You need to go coach high school football. If that's going to bother you... I don't think you're safe at high school level. No. I mean, you're not... At least if you do it at this level, you get a lot of money for the trouble. If you go somewhere else, you're going to get it the same amount of grief on some level, you know, relatively speaking, but without the financial benefits of it. You know, Curry, despite all these mistakes, is walking away with $2.5 million. So, yeah, you deal with it. That's part of it. That This is big boy stuff. You put your big boy pants on and you deal with it. And if to see how that whole timeline went down, and again, this is kind of funny that uh, I won't mention which UT employee it was, but one Tennessee employee mentioned that there was a story in 24-7 that just infuriated him during the process. And... Uh, it was one written about Anton Davis uh, resigning because of a hostile work environment. Uh, and the Tennessee employee said it was a bunch of BS or something, and it made him angry. And it turned out uh, in his letter of resignation, he cited a hostile work environment. Yes. It, Go it, figure. That, and again, I'm not, I'm not trying to pat ourselves on the back here, but so much of this does validate darn near everything that we wrote during that entire process. And I know, Grant, you uh, wrote, uh, Grant, it was you who wrote the Anton story, wasn't it? It was, unfortunately. Ah, that was good work, man. I'd, I'd be claiming that. That's good but, work. Yeah, I mean, we everybody wrote that it was going to start with Mullen and go from there. I don't yeah. think anybody – I mean, Shiana's name was out there. Basically, w- when Tennessee was losing to Vanderbilt, Shiana's name was out but there. But we, we were talking to each other like, they're not going to do that. No, because there was feedback. Uh, I was told that specifically during the Vanderbilt game. There, were, there was feedback – Curry went around to the athletic department, went around to certain senior members or, or certain members, I don't know who they were, with like a list of candidates saying, what do you think the feedback would be for this guy, this guy, and this guy? And Shiana was on that list, and the feedback was unanimously negative. Yes. This hire would be hated. The The prospect of this hire would be hated. But he went through with it anyway, and it, it played out. I mean, it played out uh, on the sidewalks in front of the buildings and, and on social media and – I mean, that's that's just how crazy the whole thing was. And then, so so this does confirm that, you know, there was a message in there from from Mike Gundy saying that he, he had no, that he would shake loose uh, in Dallas and meet with Tennessee, which is again... One of my favorite. Which is again, and who reported that uh, he was going to meet with Tennessee in Dallas? It was 24-7 sports. One, one, one of my favorite lines in that whole thing is Gundy saying, I can shake loose in Dallas tomorrow. That that also sounds like a like the title of his memoirs, like I can shake loose in Dallas tomorrow, the Mike Gundy story, and so it goes from that. So we know it went from Mullen to Shiano, and after that we know that it went to you know it went the Gundy Doran Brom route basically, and then Leach, and then Tennessee pulled the plug at that point. Uh, but those were not the only coaches interested. Now we did get that timeline down pat, which is good because we had that reporting right the first time. Again, not congratulating us, just saying it's good sometimes to get yet another confirmation of what we reported. So that's helped us probably sleep a little better at night. And you go look at it now. There were some interesting names in there, Grant, of, of coaches, some that we knew, but some that, that um, were, were new names. 
Paul Johnson. Yeah. Wanted the job, apparently. Was yeah. interested in the job. Les Miles mm-hmm. uh, was interested in the job. There were, there was actually some people selling a Les Miles, T. Martin, Kevin Steele. Is mm-hmm. that what yeah. was written? Something like that. I mean, it, it's that, that, that was one of the more interesting parts, too. The, the random names that never really surfaced. Obviously, Les Miles was talked about, but uh, a guy like Paul Johnson. I mean, who would have... Who would have thought? And and even Phil Fulmer, as as we wrote about earlier, uh, by proxy through Thunder Thornton, through Thunder Thornton, basically said if they asked me if he would do it. I mean, he wasn't advocating himself and, and trying to sell himself yeah. for the job. It was just a conversation they had. But yeah, that's that's something that I gets mean, released in something like this. Yeah, but it might have been like that whole middle school, like, hey, I like that girl. Will you go find out if she likes me too? <laughs> you know, I, I kind of got that vibe from it. So it's like, will you, he, co- will you coach this team? Check yes or no. Yeah. Will, will, will you think about coaching this team? Yes or no. And I think that there's, you know, that I always got it that 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 Philip was would never throw his own name out there. But if anyone else stood out there, he would not deny it. That's sort of how I thought about that whole thing. But also, uh, Rich Basaccia's name, again. Begging for the job. Just wanted it so bad. The thirst was real on that end. He I mean, wanted he was, to be in was, on that job. He was typing out paragraph-long text and sending the people to send to John. And and, and the one of the more crazy parts is somebody says Rich Basaccia wants the job, and Curry replies, who's that? <laughs> wait, wait, who? Probably not off to a good start when the first reply is, well, get, that? That confirms that, that John Curry really does not read Tennessee uh, message boards and such because anyone who's been to any Tennessee message board in the past two decades knows exactly who Rich Passaccia is. He is constantly the uh, the man who... He's a coaching search veteran. Basically, yeah. He's been involved. His name has come up in every single Tennessee coaching search. I'm pretty sure that has ever existed. Here were some other really interesting ones, too. Um, th- there was a name that was thrown out there. Some people threw out the uh, the Bates family uh, as people who not, – not the Bates family that played for – actually, yes, but no. It's uh, Jim Bates, you know, and his son who were the, the NFL coaches, and, and there were some former prominent Tennessee players who were pitching that name, those names to Curry as guys to potentially – get in, in, involved in it. Honestly, uh, one of the former Vols made a pretty good sales pitch for, for that. He he had a he listed a little uh, CV there for him, and I was like, huh, that's better than I thought it was. That actually <laughs> makes a little bit of sense. So that one, yeah, there, that, that name was thrown out there. And there were a lot of coaches interested. And we know that now because, well, we also know that Tennessee is the easiest way to get your own school to give you more money. You know, having interest, feigning interest in Tennessee is one of the most time-tested, time-proven ways of getting a raise. You know, Jay Wright's made a career out of that, basically. Anytime Tennessee basketball is vacancy open, hey, Jay Wright's interested. Oh, he just doubled his salary. That's the that's the Jay Wright story. It's uh, Mike, Mike Gundy's a pretty good sweet talker too. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was twice. Yeah. Yeah, Curry said something about it's a beautiful day, and and um, Gundy said it looks like Tennessee orange out there, or something like that. I mean. The mullet knows what he's doing when he's shaking loose and looking for a raise. Shaking loose in Dallas, looking for cash dollars. Uh, and, and, you know, here's one of the more interesting parts, too, and, and we teased this a little bit, so so we will mention it, that um, the the rumors or the, the groomers got so far this time that even Josh Dobbs himself, Space Dobbs himself, Mr. Astro, got caught up in them. And we actually got copies of this 
This was uh, a text message from Dobbs to John Curry on, uh, what day was it, November 16th. Dobbs says, good evening, Mr. Curry. So are the rumors true? And Curry replies, which rumors? Dobbs replies, a lot of buzz about Coach Br- uh, around Coach Gruden. Wasn't sure if it's legit or hearsay. And Curry's response, geez, even you? At <laughs> two Dobbs? At two Dobbs? And uh, so Dobbs then replied, ha, 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 ha. What's that supposed to mean? And then Curry ghosted him from that point. There was no no response that, that we could find. I think if you mention Gruden, you get cut off. Yeah, that was... You're out of the circle. Yeah, what's the opposite of the safe word? It's the danger word. That, that was the danger word. You mentioned, you go in there and you mention the, 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 word groom, the word groomer, the word Gruden, either one of those words to John Curry, you're out of the loop. You go to the back of the line. Sorry, Josh Dobbs, Mr. Quarterback Star, one of the best PR wins for the University of Tennessee in the past quarter century. Uh, you go to the back of the line. Uh, it's interesting because if you think about it, and, and again, I can relate this to something that, you know, a lot of us who are in this business were night owls. Those of us who used to be newspaper guys. Uh, so we're up late usually because you, you didn't used to put the paper to bed until 11 or 12 or later, 1, 1 a.m. for Metro. And then you'd go out and have a drink or two and then you'd go to bed. That was That's like the single person's, you know, journalism life basically every day or sports writer life. And Grant now has what is it already up to like eight nine kids now however many it is uh, two it's a lot it's it's a lot two of, last time I checked it's a lot of kids it's a lot of kids two that I know of and so he has to get up every day and you know play hide and seek and make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches at like you know five o'clock in the morning like the Hardy's biscuit ladies so Grant a lot of times will go to bed before we will and our text thread in our group Grant how many is it sometimes that you wake up to the text messages uh, it's been four hundred plus before yeah. This is just conversations that we have at night. And when you look at, it's like my emails. When they get to a certain number, it's like, I'm just, I'm just going to have to start over at some point. If you emailed me in the past and I have not replied to you, oh, if it's been a week or so, good luck. Uh, you might have to send that email again because I just go, whoop, reset, start again, no chance. Uh, and that, when you look at how many messages were coming in and out of Curry's phone, constantly every minute of every hour of every day you can see how he would forget to get back to some people or it would just you know um, it's like when coaches after big wins you know rick barnes after they won the sc championship saying he had he still had more than 200 people he hadn't gotten back to so that that happens so we're criticizing these guys for not getting back to people and there might be a legitimate reason for that. There's only so many hours in a day and you can't live texting on your phone. You have to go out there and have a life occasionally and talk to people, actual humans. Maybe hire a football coach. Yeah. Sometimes and, and eat Waffle House also. So so there are things that you have to do throughout the day. And when when are we gonna get Waffle House as a sponsor on the Go Ball twenty four seven podcast? You know what Waffle House should do? Waffle House should give money to dancing with the Knoxville Stars. Uh, for me and Rachel Enriquez. That's what that's what Waffle House should do as a payment for how many times we've mentioned them. Shout out to John episode. Curry for the plug. Yeah, thanks, thanks, John Curry, and your 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 midnight Waffle House I'm sure experiences. You're, sure you're listening. Yeah, he is. He probably is. Uh, oh no, he can't because he's a business squad now. Robert Morris. <laughs> is that what he's doing? I think that's what he's doing. He's a he, special guest lecturer. Special guest lecturer, uh, which is better than uh, intern 
You know, that, that's the other thing that he could be doing. He's not doing no, that. No, right. we, we have no idea what he's doing, but he's there and he's doing something for a week. Yeah, so so those are basically some of the, the high points in that. There are also, however, some emails. And this is where it gets pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. There were some in here that were just plain mean. Some of them were beyond the pale. I don't remember any physical threats of violence uh, that I saw. However, there were lots of name-calling, lots, uh, lots of bad things that we do not condone. There were also, however, just some funny ones in there. And um, one of them that made me laugh the hardest was one Grant found first, which was, uh, in, in summation, it was basically, uh, Mr. Curry, please hire Greg Schiano. That would be great. Sincerely, go dogs. Forty-one nothing. <laughs> and there were others that was like, I'm a Kentucky fan, and even I know this is a terrible hire. <laughs> I mean, stuff like that. Or uh, go ahead and hire Shiano. I'm an LSU fan. Go Tigers. And there were a couple people in there, some some Tennessee season ticket holders who were pretty obsessive. Uh, they they were sending Harry e- some pretty passionate emails, uh, more than one per day in some cases from the same people, and they were just begging him and imploring him not to do what it was rumored that he was about to do. There were also, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention this, some other uh, highlights. Are they highlights or lowlights? Lowlights, for low sure. Lowlights. Lowlights. Um, there was, as we've said before, and we've mentioned this in our recruiting coverage and, and other things too, but in case you need any confirmation, we can now give you absolutely more confirmation. Every single character ever typed by Brady Hoke has been a capital letter. Every Brady Hoke is shouting scene. a lot. Brady Hoke is uh, the most excited texter slash emailer in the known human world. Even when it's just, hey, John, it's Brady recruiting in Atlanta on a random day in November. <laughs> all that? caps lock. Hey, Brady, this, hey, John, it's Brady recruiting in Atlanta. Or even when he pitched himself for the job, which, come on, Brady, come on. Brady, you knew that wasn't happening. Brady, what are you doing, Brady. I mean, it's not even newsworthy. It's it's so bad. And, yeah, him... I mean, I you know, hey, you know what? What have we learned? Shoot your shot, right? Shoot your shot. And when, when Curry's cell phone very irresponsibly became... His number became known public on that Sunday. Yeah, people who do that, there's a special place in hell reserved for those jerks. I mean, he is receiving hundreds of text messages per second uh, because all these are time-stamped and listed out, and there's... 680-something pages, and there's probably 50 texts per page, uh, all with the same, you know, you're killing this proud tradition, uh, tradition don't hire Shiano. Uh, you know, I'd rather have Lee Corso. I would rather have Dennis Rodman. I would rather have Dick <laughs> Battelle. I mean, these are the kind of Well, Dennis of Rodman would help with North Korean relations. Please call Lane Kiffin. Uh, I mean, people just sending him Twitter links. There were Tennessee fans that were just starting group threads and including Shiano, I mean, including Curry in those group threads, and then they were just having normal conversation like trash talking about fantasy football, <laughs> like not even talking about the Tennessee coaching search. They were having that much fun with it, and <sighs> bless his heart. Oh, man. What, what have we learned from this? Because there's still more that we're going to learn 
the, 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 as we keep reading this. And again, there's, if you're wondering why we're not talking about Tennessee spring football, we had an episode this morning that ran Friday, this morning, Friday morning that ran, that was all about the, the football team through the first two practices this spring. So we're not ignoring that. We're, we're able to, to put our hands in multiple pies here. You know, we're able to, to do different things. So that was about that football uh, team that we'll spend most of our time discussing uh, throughout the summer and beyond, uh, knock on wood. But, you know, it, it, it's – can't you tell? It's the wooden table. See? You get it? You get it? No, you, can you hear it? Here we go. November 26th, uh, 7.30. That's Sunday night. Uh, text message to John, uh, John Curry. Anyone see the Wizards blow 17-point fourth quarter lead last night? <laughs> I mean, that's the stuff the guy had popping on that one phone. So I'm sure that phone melted and he had two others. But hey, anyway. I spent a lot of time in D.C. Been to a couple of Wiz games. It's a nice arena they got up there. Don't know that John Curry needs to be hearing about it during a coaching search. But, hey, John Wall is, is, is newsworthy, you know? You're like, hey, did you see that John Wall dunk? That was unbelievable. Did you see that pass? Curry, come on, you know you're watching that. You're probably sitting there. You're sitting in a Stillwater Marriott. Come on, you're watching that. You've seen it. Hire John Gruden. Hashtag No Chiano. T Martin, uh, and a bunch of other stuff that I can't read on a pod that's family friendly. Yeah, that's. Uh, and, and again, we are a family friendly podcast here. At Go Balls twenty four seven. But there were some in there that were just random emails that expressed to Curry. Um, or, or asked him to uh, go perform certain acts on certain people. Not pleasant. Not pleasant. I'm a Kentucky fan, and even I think you'd be stupid to hire Greg Schiano. That was <laughs> sent four minutes after the Wizards text. At, le- <sighs> at least Butch was a, ni- a nice guy. Schiano is a fill-in-the-blank. Debatable. A lot of advice for him to Google stuff that's happened with Schiano in the past. Hashtag empty Neyland 2018. And Tennessee said that it vetted him. That came out in those emails, too. I think we mentioned that a little bit earlier. Yeah, that's what the vice chair of the board of trustees said. We vetted him. Uh, They talked to Gene Smith, the Ohio State AD, and he glowed about him and uh, all this other stuff. And apparently they did not vet him, uh, at least in the court of public opinion and what people would think of him. Did they talk to the kid who had been run over by the run over while on the Huffy? <laughs> they did not. <laughs> what do you think about the the, the driving skills of uh, one Gregory Schiano? But yeah, the, there was. To to me, you you can't expect. It's not reasonable to to sit there and say that there's not going to be some criticism. Because any hire that you make, you go out there and you hire anyone not named Nick Saban or Urban Meyer or somebody like that, you know, you're, you're going to get some criticism and some people with their hot takes saying it's a bad hire and you're an idiot and yada, yada. And, and that's part of it. And I think most people, not all, but most people in this era understand that. But the, to, not, to not even think that it's a possibility that things could get really bad with everything that had been out there was just a gross, gross miscalculation. And, you know, if things had worked out, if the Florida job had not come open and Mullen had not taken it, we're not having any of this conversation right now because Dan Mullen would have been the coach of Tennessee. More people would have been okay with that than not okay with it. John Curry would be Tennessee's athletic director. Philip Fulmer would be an advisor. None of this would have happened. 
because you look at that one, you look at that one little, you know, it's the butterfly effect, that one thing and how much it changes everything. You know, like uh, with basketball, Kyle Alexander's injury. If that doesn't happen, Tennessee probably beats Loyola. Tennessee probably beats Nevada. Tennessee's playing Kansas State, a team that it has beaten a couple times recently for a chance to go to the Final Four. A very beatable, very human Kansas State team. Because one thing, because Kyle Alexander took a shot in the hip at the wrong time. And Dan Mullen got an offer from Florida because the Florida job came open right at the same time and accepted it before Tennessee could get something finalized with him. And everything that has happened since then. Now, it's good. Maybe for Tennessee, it's good that it happened this way because it kind of it, it brought to the surface problems that would have emerged later in crisis management and decision making, you know, decisions under fire. Uh, if you saw how the response of that administration was going to be to a tough situation, well, I think you learned pretty quickly that it's not going to be very good. So, Maybe it's unfair to say that, but, I, you know, it, I don't think it's out of line. I really don't. So, I mean, I, I think that if you're Tennessee, I think overall, and, and people might think I'm crazy for this, Grant, before we get out of here, I think all of this coming out, it will be temporarily embarrassing for Tennessee. But in the long, long run, I think it's a good thing because the people that this sheds the worst light on, by and large, are people who are no longer there. Yeah, it's water under the bridge. I mean, to put a bow on it, at least it happened four months ago, and a lot of the people involved are no longer involved, uh, and you landed with seemingly a pretty good football coach uh, that's getting rave reviews from a lot of people, that's put together a good staff. Uh, that uh, I mean, Jeremy Pruitt couldn't fit the mold of, of what a, what Tennessee fans you know, like in a head coach that he's from this part of the country, and uh, he 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 sounds like a Tennessee head football coach when he talks. Yeah, from like three hours down the road. When he is, you know, when he's trying to sell his football program, and uh, that that's that's the best news out of all this. You can you can put it away, and it's it's water under the bridge. It's done. Move on to what's next, and 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 uh, better days ahead because it couldn't be much more uh, embarrassing than those days that are in the past. And I think it validates a couple things. One, I think for those people who said that Philip Fulmer, for those who suggested that Philip Fulmer may have been taking, you know, leading a coup d'etat the way he did with the football situation with, with Johnny Majors back in the day. I think it's I think this validates the people who said that was BS because I think it's pretty easy to look at the, this information here and see from the outside looking in that Philip Fulmer really did think this thing was running off the rails and that he needed to step in or somebody needed to step in and fix it. I think it validates that pretty quickly. I think it, it, it shows you why Philip Fulmer believed in his heart of hearts that the best thing for Tennessee was for him and other people who knew the place to get in there and start enacting some change. Because to me, that, that again, this could be selective releasing of documents. We don't know that. Um, I, I would be surprised if it were that completely. But... I mean, you know, stranger things have happened. But I, I think that this, I mean, is that is that a crazy thought? Or to me, this sort of validates, this shows Tennessee fans, this is where things were. This was what kind of a blank show it was. This is why things had to change. This is why Philip Fulmer had to step in. This is why 
the ship had to be put back on course. I think it validates all of that. Now, whether he's the right guy, we'll see, but I think it's fair to say that, that there was reason to step in. It's it, it validates or it proves that this thing ran off the rails pretty well on its own before Fulmer got involved, or that's the way it seems in these emails and text messages, uh, indirect messages. He, Curry, you know, ran whatever this into the ground. I don't know what the right phrase is to, to accurately describe it, but he did it on his own. I mean, he, I don't think he needed much help, and, and when Fulmer stepped in, it was because he was trying to take care of uh, something that he values a lot, and that's the Tennessee Athletic Department. Yeah, and, and for this search, for this search to end with hiring one of the most impressive, most highly touted young rising star assistant coaches in the game of football, for that search to get that conclusion is a win. I mean, we'll see. I, I contend that whether Pruitt works out or doesn't, it was very much a risk worth taking. It was a smart, calculated risk. And I'll defend that even if this guy never wins a single game at Tennessee. I, I'll, I'll think that you can look at it from the outside and you can say, this was a good hire for Tennessee at the time. It just, you know, it didn't work out, but it was a risk worth taking. And I think that that for that search to end here, uh, that that's that's a win for Tennessee in, in my book. That's... You know, uh, when you look at the way things could have gone, I think it's I think it's a lot better this way. And this way, we never have to page through uh, five thousand text messages and thousands of emails and all that stuff ever again. Hopefully, get a burner phone. Get get WhatsApp. Journalist lives matter too. All right, come on, help us out. We'd like to get a little bit of sleep now and then. Thanks for listening. Guys, again, apologies that this wasn't the basketball season recap, but we will do that early next week. We will put a bow on what was an interesting Tennessee basketball season. Uh, if you want to hear more football stuff, we'll have another podcast on that next week, obviously. And we had the one this morning that you can go back and listen to. So we'll have all that stuff. And before I get out of here, very last thing, guys, etch.com slash DWTKS, etch.com slash DWTKS, it's not for me. It's for the kids. It's East Tennessee Children's Hospital. They do good work. They're saving lives, literally saving lives every day. Let's give them a couple bucks. We, we, we can do that. Any final thoughts, Grant? John Curry is owed $2.2 million by guess what day? April Fool's. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>